Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, it has just gone midday, which means it is time for the call. The last call, it should be said, for 2020. We're going to go through 10 stocks as usual with two of our expert panelists to give us the lowdown on what exactly you should do. Uh, And we've got some really great guests for this uh, final show of 2020. Joining me in the studio, we've got Francesco Destratus from Ordmanet. Francesco, how are you going? I'm good, Andrew. Struggling to get the words out today. It's hard, isn't it? It, it There is light at the end of the tunnel we've only got a couple hours till the market closes and then we can have a little bit of a break and then what well, maybe have to be here before we have a break let's let's get our priorities straight <laughs> so uh yes great to have you on the show and also carl kapalinga over in self-isolation in perth how are you mate <laughs> yeah good afternoon andrew good afternoon francesco uh, i think we will we're last for the year but certainly not least by any means um, yeah, we're doing well over here. It's uh, it's about 100 degrees outside. It's been that way for the last few days. It's going to be that way for the next few. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm business up top, but I'm shorts and thongs downstairs, and I'll be in the pool after, <laughs> shortly after we finish. Love it, mate. Crank that air conditioner. Well, we'll get through this so you can uh, jump back in the kiddies pool perhaps and and cool down a little bit. Before we get into the 10 stocks that we are going to chat about today, we thought we'd talk BHP. Iron ore has very much been a theme uh, for 2020. BHP, of course, one of the biggest producers. It's in the news uh, a little bit today. The uh, Samarco joint venture is reopened after that uh, disaster from a few years back. Mm. BHP saying it'll be back at about 26% capacity in and of itself. Probably not news, Francesco, that's going to move the market. I guess this was always just a matter of time. But what do you think about BHP and, and iron ore in general? Yeah, look, I mean, the news today is a slight positive for BHP, obviously. Yeah. They're not going to get back into full production straight away. But And, and it is a joint venture. It's a 50-50 with Vale. Um, so it goes back to 2015 since they've been producing. It's five so, years ago, right. So yeah. it's quite a while. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a positive. Um, but if we look at the underlying commodity in iron ore, then obviously that starts to bring supply pressures back onto it. So, you know, the question mark around for you know this announcement for BHP is yes, it's a positive, but it also puts a bit of downward pressure on on the underlying commodity in iron ore. BHP is much more than just iron ore, obviously. Yeah. Uh, look, we like the stock. Our, our analysts have got a buy recommendation on it, despite the the share price rally we've seen over the last you know, few weeks. Um, well, not just the, I haven't looked it up, not just the last few weeks, shares have tripled near enough in yeah. five years. Yeah, BHP's been on, on a run. What I mean, a if tech. you look at the, I mean, they're very diversified. So you've got, iron ore is a big part of it, but also you know, your, your other base metals. Yeah. Uh, but they've also got a large oil and gas division too. Now, oil prices did get hit very hard through the COVID crisis, but oil prices have been quite solid um, in general over the last few years. So cash flow uh, for BHP has been very strong. Um, they've been very reluctant to invest or in new projects that weren't up to scratch or make acquisitions because uh, it's hard to find, for them to find tier one assets. Rio's in a very similar situation to yeah. find very good quality assets that are going to produce good cash flows in the future. Yeah. So instead of making acquisitions, they've been distributing uh, you know, their returns to, to shareholders. So dividend yield is very strong as well. Yeah. Rio's no different. So you know, we like the stock. Um, it's been a very good performer. Cash flows are going to remain strong. Obviously, where these commodity prices go in the future, I struggle to see iron ore prices higher or, you know, than they are. But if they remain between $100 and $150 a tonne, the cash flow, you know, they're producing... Good margin. Operation, you know, their, their operational costs are less than $20 a tonne. So yeah. it's some really good good cash flow to come out of that. Carl, what do you reckon with BHP? As, as Francesco says, we've had a really great run this year and, and over the last five years. But then you go back a bit further and shares aren't really that far away from where they were in, in 2011 and, and neither are earnings. Is this just a question of approaching a business like this with, I guess, the cycle, the broader cycle very much front of mind? 
Yeah, well, the, the reason for that swing in the share price, uh, both from the highs post, um, well, I, I guess post boom, uh, but, but pre-GFC, uh, and then down to, as you say, about five years ago, it made a low, is, is mainly to do with the iron ore price. So, you know, iron ore accounts for about two thirds of BHP's um, revenues. It made a low of around about $50 a tonne back in um, sort of late 2015, early 2016. And that's when coincidentally, or probably not coincidentally, that's when BHP also made its low around about sort of um, low teens. So that um, you know tripling that you've seen in the last five years has mainly been on the back of, well, a tripling in the iron ore price. So from around $50 a tonne to well over $150 a tonne at the moment. So I think that explains most of that swing. Of course, the iron ore price had to fall from um, $190 a tonne to $50 a tonne to bring it, bring BHP down with it. So it's moving pretty much lockstep with its, um, its main source of income that's probably no surprise and i guess you know if, you, if you're looking at whether it's a buy hold or sell case you have to have a view on iron ore for that reason so look i'm a little bit with francesco it, it I, I, I honestly i was um, one of the iron ore bulls i think for, for 2020 but it has way 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 exceeded my expectations so um look i was thinking it was it was going to hold in a range sort of between 100 and 120 and then that would be fantastic for about a 15 to 20 percent increase in earnings for uh for bhp rio uh, fortescue um, but it's overshot so it's gone up to 170 now it's all about average pricing for these guys um and, but if it but if it stays you know at the top end of my range even you know 120 to 130 um then it's not you know, it's, it's probably not just a, a next year proposition. It's probably next year and the next. So, yeah, look, we, we like it. We've we've had it as a buy since um, I'm going to look at my notes here. Sorry, July, uh, but it was sort of sort of mid to more mid 30s around there. Obviously, it's had a pretty good run. I think it's more of a buy on pullbacks at this stage. So if, if I'm pressed on it, I wouldn't call it a buy at the current price. I think you want to see it probably come back. You might get an, a three print again. So in the high threes, and that's I think you'd want to buy this on pullbacks because I, I do think. But between now and in a couple of years' time, this is going to be higher in terms of the price, but you're also getting a 5.5% fully franked dividend yield as well. So from a total return for a self-managed super fund, I think this is you know, a, a sensible addition to your portfolio. Um, I, I know I've gone on to probably too long for this. I just want to comment on the news today because that's why it's uh, the, the pick. Yep. Um, so eight, eight megatons of iron ore production. Uh, now, to put that into perspective, um, the group produced 200, 248 megatons overall. So it, it's a drop in the ocean, this iron ore that's coming on board, both in terms of what it's going to mean to BHP's bottom line, even if you ramp it up, um, they, they've only got a 50% interest as well. So it's probably not going to have a big impact on their on their bottom line and probably not a big impact on global supply either. Well, there you go. Uh, folks at home, we've gotten a buy from Francesco, a buy but on pullbacks from Carl. Well, let's get into the stocks that you have suggested. And we're going to start off today with Charter Hall. Anne has written in and she's keen to know what we do. Francesco, CHC shares actually also had a good run in the last five years or so, tripling yeah. as well. Uh, is there more upside to be had? Yeah, look, they're, they're a good manager. They're, you know, it's, it's probably one of the industry leaders uh, at present. Uh, in the property space, that is obviously, um, you know, it has above earnings, above above, uh, above average earnings uh, across the sector. So, um, and, and it, you know, their exposure in the property space um, is probably at the lower end of the risk category as well. So, you know, a, a very conservative type manager as well. They manage did, did about forty one. 42 billion. Yeah, go Sorry on. to interrupt there. No, that's okay. Where is, I'm, not, I'm not overly familiar. Is it an industrial, residential, Across the whole commercial, board. the whole gamut? Whole, whole okay. spectrum. Yep. But, um, you know, for instance, one of their funds, which is the long-weighted average lease expiry fund, yep. um, you know, if you look at the tenants they have, they're all, you know, either government departments or quasi-government authorities or large corporates, you know, Telstra's, Australia Post's, you know, large energy companies. So they're their, their tenants. So you tend to think that, you know, they're fairly steady. They're gonna keep paying the rent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, they're providing very good returns on, on investment as far as income goes for a property for property investments. But, they, you know, they do have other 
you know, property investments as well. You yep. know, there's something like $42 billion worth of assets under management across about 46 um, different investment vehicles. The share price came off during COVID, but if you look at all the property you know, property investments, they all came back like that. Um, but, you know, the market's realised that, it, you know, it is a quality investment. Um, you know, looking, looking forward, um, you know, they've, they've got good opportunities um, to, to access capital as well for new investments, mm. um, which is, I suppose, from a growth perspective for something like the Charter Hall headstock, um, is something that investors are looking for. Yeah, so so it's not a it's not a pure property trust; it's a manager. Um, mm-hmm. So so there's growth there for them. Um, look, I, I think they're 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 well placed. I think they're a good manage a good manager of properties. Uh, our analysts think the same. They're going to accumulate recommendation on the stock. Okay, so that's a buy. Um, I will, I will note this: the dividend is increased every single year for ten years, which is which is a good sign there. Yeah. I'm also reminded too when we saw the chart on screen there as well. Isn't it funny? I forget who said this, but when we look forward, we see every market crash as a risk. When we look backwards, we see every market crash as an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and wow, what an opportunity yeah. that that clearly was. Of course with the benefit of hindsight. Carl, what do you reckon? Um, is this, if you're gonna get into the property space, is this the uh, the stock you'd choose? Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Hindsight is an amazing and wonderful thing, but it's also completely it? useless. It's completely useless. Um, and look, you know, you look back and you think, geez, they were, they were fantastic buys there. Uh, look, we, we don't cover a lot of stocks in the real estate investment trust universe, uh, and that's just my predisposition to the sector because I generally think it's quite boring. However, um, you know, there are, from a technical perspective, this has had a great run. Um, I, I don't think I can add too much on the fundamentals from what Francesco said. I think he's given you a pretty good overview of the business. Um, certainly, it's a quality business. It's incredibly well run. I mean, they do a fantastic job. And evidence of that is the fact that wholesale investors just keep throwing money at them hand over fist. And they keep using that money to, to buy earnings accretive um, you know, assets. Uh, the dividend yield, yeah, it looks about 2.5%. You're right, it is steadily increasing. In fact, they increased the dividend yield this year. And who would have thought that a, a property trust, right. uh, they've got a big exposure to office as well. Who would have thought they would have increased the dividend this year, given everything that's going on? So, and I think that's that's a testament to, to the strength of the management. Um, so, no doubt the quality is there. The only thing I'm concerned about is whether you're getting the quality at, at a value, at, you know, good value. And I don't think it's the cheapest um property trust out there and you're kind of paying the extra for the management um, and and to a lesser extent the growth because the growth is sort of four or five percent so um, it, 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 it requires the top right type of investor so again if you're more of that self-managed super fund investor you're looking for stability you're looking for well run um, I think this is this is a, a good way to go so I'm happy to buy it on that basis I think the chart looks fantastic I mean you know, it's bottom left top right um, I can't see anything in the chart from a technical perspective to suggest that this one, this run won't continue. Um, we do cover two stocks in the property trust portfolio, and I'll just suggest them here that viewers might want to go look at them also because we do have buyers on those, and that's Goodman Group. I know we've talked about this, Andrew, a few times on, on this show, yep. um, but also life, lifestyle communities. Um, so they're our two top picks in the sector, but you know CHC w- would have to be the third. It's just not on our list at the moment. Okay, well, there you go, Anne. Uh, Both of our experts giving a thumbs up. In fact, we have had two thumbs up on that before, which means it is in the core portfolio. And after today, it stays there. And I'll give you an update on that at the halfway mark. Uh, Carl, I'm going to stay with you. We started the show talking about iron ore. And uh, let's go back to that now, because Rob wants to know about Phoenix Resources. The ASX code there is FEX. Carl, obviously a very different proposition to BHP, uh, much smaller, uh, you know, uh, much much more junior. Is it something that would uh, would tick any boxes for you? Look, look, it does. I mean, it's an interesting story. Honestly, I hadn't heard of it until a few weeks ago when the iron ore price spiked, and then it was kind of in the in the in the Twitterverse in the chat room. So it drew my attention to it. And the chart um, looks quite good, actually. So. I've done a little bit of research on this one. Uh, being from, from WA, obviously anything that digs iron ore out, I need to know about by <laughs> default. Um, this one is doing it uh, about, about 490 kilometres um, north, I think, or northwest of, I uh, can't go northwest, sorry, for good reason, of Geraldton. You have to go northeast. Um, <laughs> but it's close, to, look, it's close to the port of Geraldton. It's an underutilised port. There's plenty of infrastructure there. It's got a sealed road out. Um, it's a really interesting resource. Um, I'll look at my notes here. It's got a, a reserve of 7.8 uh, 
megatons at 63.9%, which is fantastic. You know, it's above that that um, that benchmark grade. Um, it's going to produce 1.25 million tons for a mine life of six years, and full stop. That's where it ends for this business. There's mm. no other assets. There's no other exploration. Um, they're basically going to drive, literally drive up a front end loader. Um, dig this stuff out. It's at the surface and goes down to about 230 metres. So it's not hard to just dig it out, put on a truck, send it to Geraldton and send it off to China. Um, and that's kind of the, the deal here. So it's a one trick pony. It's got it's going to have great revenues, great earnings for about six and a half years. And then there's nothing unless they use that money to buy something else, keep it as an ongoing concern. But on the basis that it's actually going to be making some money, it's going to have earnings, it's going to have cash flows, it's probably going to pay dividends, this thing, as crazy as that is. Um, I think you can buy it. I think you can actually buy it here. But but go into this knowing what it is. I, I think the downside from here is fairly limited. I think the upside is, you know, it, it could it could double in price over the next few years on, just on the basis of these cash flows and what in, a shareholder is going to get back out of it. Uh, but don't look at this as anything more than, you know, a small part of your portfolio. Um, checking a box really of, of, of getting you know above average portfolio returns for a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Francesco, Carl making an excellent point here. This, this is the this is the trouble with single asset or very limited asset kind of companies, particularly in this space. Any money that you make, eventually you're going to need to plow that back into a new venture, either developing and exploring and finding your own or acquiring someone else's. Does that make it a bit like a game of chicken? Is it is this one that you hold until everyone starts to sort of think about that kind of stuff or is there something else to consider yeah look it, it, it's at its early stages of development so you tend, tend you know mining companies tend to have this sort of life cycle where you know the exploration um, phase of of their development you know there's always going to be spikes in the share price when you know drilling results come out and they're successful or or collapses in share or price <laughs> yeah um, I, I, look, I'm not aware of um, where they are at development, but going on Carl's comments, it looks like they're almost into production. So that's moving into this sort of second phase where it's developing you know, its operations. Mm-hmm. Um, so you tend to see a bit of an uplift in the share price through that period when they hit milestones. Um, and I'm not sure where, what milestones are at. So you know, in general terms, you tend to see an uplift you know, through that second phase. And then when they go into production, obviously when you start seeing revenue come through, then you'll see, um, yeah, and where that iron ore price is will determine that. Um, uh, you'll start to see some, some real numbers come through on revenue and profitability, uh, and that will determine the share price there. So look, it's not a stock we cover, it's a bit, to sort of you know, small and speculative for, for our analysts in that space. But you know, the share price rises, uh, um, moving out of phase, phase one into phase two of the mine development, um, um, iron ore price being very strong as well. Yeah, that's all gonna drive it. Um, so look, if the iron ore price stays high and they're you know, successful in that change in, into becoming a producer, um, look, I'm with Carl. I think you'll probably see some some significant uplift. Um, you know, there's always risks, though. Yes. Um, you know, moving from one phase to another doesn't come without you know risks of cost blowouts and things like that. So they're the sort of things I'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, but I wouldn't like to say this is something you should buy. Um, okay. Although I was going to push you on it for the purposes well, of yeah, our, look, our, yeah, our if if someone wants to look at it from a speculative type of type of thing without you know without doing more research onto where they're at. Yep. Um, look, you know, moving from phase one to phase two, I think is always a good thing. And you know, what Carl said is probably right. Mm-hmm. You, know, it, it, you probably see some significant uplift, but okay. the risks yeah. are there. <clears throat> Guys, okay. um, sorry, oh, Andrew, I'll just give you some background because um, Francesco's sort of asked the question and it might be worth for viewers to note. So they're literally backing the truck up now. So um, oh, okay. they're expecting produ- production in the next quarter. Um, so it's, it's, it's going, it's happening. And um, yeah, they've got offtake agreements signed. Um, so yeah, it's about to go into production. Look, I would say it is, it is not a low cost producer. It's quite a, it's more of a marginal cost producer. So it does need iron ore prices to stay up around where they are. But yeah, look, I, it, it's, it is totally speculative, um, but I have to go on what I see in the chart. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy to put a, a small part of my portfolio on it. 
Okay. Now, I think that's important comments there too for our viewers. At the end of the day, we do sort of say buy, hold or sell, but please take all of that in context. <laughs> there, are, there are different types of buys and there are different types of sells. So, so some really good perspective and nuance there from the gents. Let's uh, speed things along if we can. I'm going to go to you, Carl, for this one. Janison Education. Greg wants to know, is this a company that he should buy, sell or hold? Online learning is uh, something that's pretty much coming to focus in, in 2020. Has it got much of a future for Janison? Yeah, look, I think it does. Um, they're doing great things in this space. Um, they're, they're, you know, it's kind of their bull market for them. It's, it's their time. And they have actually, you know, it, it's one thing for it to be your time and for everything to be ready for you to take advantage. And then you actually have to take advantage of it. So, mm. um, and that comes down to management, their ability to execute. Uh, and, and they're doing that. So they are seeing significant uplifts in sales. Um, it's, it's COVID driven, clearly. And then you have to say, okay, well, is it sustainable? Well, I think a lot of it's going to stick. So I think um, there, there, you need a backup plan now. If you are a big educational institution, or if you're just a training organisation, or a, a government, um, you know, government department that needs to train people as they come into the to, 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 to the department, um, you need to have a backup plan. You can't be relying on face to face in this post-COVID era. Um, so whether they end up using them or not, I think there's going to be a, a substantial amount of spend swing this way to get these systems in place and these guys are well placed to take advantage of it. Um, you know, it, it, they are, they're just, they're going free cash flow positive as we speak. That's typically when I like to get the businesses. Um, so they've done a lot of their R&D. They've done a lot of that sales and marketing, to, to, to that big push to get the business going. And now the money's coming in and the profits are just starting to, to roll. So on that basis, I think it looks really good. There's, there's, there's no debt. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of like tick, 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 tick for me. It's double digit, high double digit earnings growth. Um, the chart, I think, looks really interesting as well. They've had a little bit of a tough run. Um, as we can probably see on, on screen, there's a bit, bit of a, that bit, bit blip there might have been some sort of reconstruction or, or a back end of this mm. thing in. So I, I couldn't find any reason for that. But um, looking at the end bit, which is where it's popping up to 55 cents there, I think um, it, it looks like it's turned the corner and, you know, it's going to be um, up and up from here. So I'm a buy on this one. Okay, that's a buy from Carl Francesco. I, I had a quick look as well and just saw loss after loss <clears> after loss. But then this Carl yeah. rightly pointed out, they have tipped into into EBITDA positive, which I generally find an interesting time for a company, particularly if it's got any scale advantage, any operating leverages that it can it can sort yeah. of benefit from. Does is does that help swing it in? Oh, in look, definitely. Uh, and look, you know, they're still in in, in I suppose de development, if you want to call it that. You know, they're still in their growth phase. Um, from from an industry point of view, um, you know, Carl's right. It's not just about you know. You know, kids doing their tutoring and, and HSCs and things like that. You know, industry these days, you know, require significant education and, and, and licensing for people to operate. And when we just look at our own industry, you know, in the yeah. you know, financial advice industry, we're going through a whole bit of, uh, some might say it pain or, or others mean, you know, a bit of uh, bit of mind growth, if you like. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going through a whole process of, you know, re-education and, and um, uh, in, within that there's testing and that. So there's a lot of opportunities for, for a firm like this, particularly uh, as as Carl mentioned in the online space, um, because yes, they do get leverage, number one. Um, and I think a lot of businesses and individuals prefer to do things at the you know comfort of their own home a lot of the time these days or their own office rather than having to go to lectures and things like mm, that. Mm. Um, so so I like the the business fundamentals as far as the model, the the industry goes. Um, mm. The numbers, as you you quite rightly mentioned, is the last three years have been losses. Um, but if you look at the cash flow, the operating cash flow has been positive through those three years. So that tells me there's probably been some some good investment, mm -hmm. some investment. Yep. Whether that's good or not, the future will tell. Yep. Um, so so, I, and I look at the revenue growth's been very sound as well, very solid. So um, yes, there's been losses, but you know, they're at a, at a stage where they've got to reinvest and, and invest in growth. So. Like the business, like the model, I don't have a recommendation on it because I mm -hmm. wouldn't like to put one on it without numbers, pro proper, yep. proper analysis of the numbers, but it does look good. Okay, interesting. All right. So a yes from Carl and uh, a question mark from Francesco, just needing to take a, a deeper dive there, which is always a good idea before you put your money to work. Let's uh, turn our attention now, uh, Francesco, I'm going to stay with you. Nick Scarley, yeah. furniture retailer. And it would seem to me, 
as as about boring a business as you can get. <laughs> and yet, and yet, shares up 37% this year, shares up fivefold over the last 10 years. And that's just not all multiple expansion. The, the earnings, the per share earnings have been in, incredibly uh, strong in their growth as well. This is a business that gets a 40% return on equity. Yeah. And unless my numbers are wrong here, just having a look, it was only on Yahoo Finance that I quickly had a look, but the PE is apparently 12 and the yield is 5%. Yeah, I think, What's it, going I on? think it's probably a little bit higher than 12. Um, that's probably looking at historical. Okay. Um, now, I, again, yeah, we don't cover this stock, but I looked at consensus and yeah, there's some positive you know, recommendations out in the marketplace um, and some, you know, some positive forecasts. Um, so, so you're right, it, it's not a steep PE uh, and, the, and, the, and the, yeah, the dividend yield's quite attractive. Look, they've got 58 outlets and online. So, you know, you look at that share price, you know, when it came off, again, COVID. Um, but well, I, I think what a lot of people didn't realise, um, and we see it in a lot of retailers, is that you know when people are at home, they're realising that you know uh, you know I need a new lounge or a new new new, new kitchen table or, or yep. you know TV cabinets or whatever, or they're wearing things out while they're at home <laughs> as <laughs> well, yeah, so they need true. a new study desk or, or whatever. Yeah. So so it actually I think brought forward a lot of um, demand for for this type of retail outlet. Gotcha. Um, so personally, um, you know, when I see positive recommendations and I, I see what the share price has done, I, I personally, if I own the stock at a, at, a, at, a, at a decent price, I'd probably take it a little bit off the table. Mm-hmm. not sell it all together, but I'd probably take a bit of profit at these levels. Okay. Um, mainly because I, I personally think that some of that demand you know, has been brought forward, so therefore it'll disappear in the future. Yep. Okay. Uh, Carl, what, what do you think about Nick Scully? Uh, the trend, I guess, has, has got to tick some boxes for you. Yeah, no, it does. From a technical perspective, I, I really can't fault it. Um, the, you know, the, I'll, I'll disclose this is one of my, my pet stocks, and we all have those pet stocks, don't we? But, um, yeah, when I started at... Um, when I started at Think Markets, I think this was one of the first stocks I put a buy out on. Oh, uh, but it, 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 it's just it's just so well well run, uh, and you know you're looking at, at at a return on equity averaging about fifty percent for the last five years, wow. and that you can only get that if, if management management are brilliant at squeezing every dollar they can out of every resource that they have. So um, look, I, I, you know, it's it, it's we talked about um, a quality stock at the at at the right value um, when we discuss CHC. And I said, look, it's a, it's a quality stock, um, but you're looking at the, the you know, forward PEs there in the, in the low 20s. Um, this is a quality stock, I'd argue, as, as good in terms of quality and management as CHC, but it's, it's, it's twice as cheap, if that's the right word, or, or you know, half as highly valued. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it continues to grow earnings. It's got a great model anyway. So you know, unlike your, your typical furniture store, where you're sitting on a bunch of stock and you're hoping somebody comes in and buys it, uh, about two thirds of what these guys sell, they they, they make to order. Um, so it, it's, they not, don't get sucked with a lot of inventories. They can uh, swing to new tastes and trends. Um, as you said, they've got that great, uh, or as Francesco correctly said, they've got this great online offering as well. They've launched that sort of last year and it's taking off and it's doing really well and it's certainly helped them through COVID. So um, one could say, okay, well, all of this spending is COVID spending and it's gonna back out. I'd say, well, I think the Australian economy is going to do very, very well in FY21 because we've got rates at basically, you know, well, at historical lows, we know that. Um, we know that um, businesses are, are going to come through this reasonably well compared to the rest of the world. We know there's plenty of stimulus around to help uh, business. We know employment has bounced back very strongly. So I don't think this is, a, well, it's, it's a, just a COVID thing. I think this is, it's a cyclical thing. And I think we're about to see a cyclical upturn through FY21 and FY22. And if that's your view, then you have to buy cyclical stocks, and that's Nick Scarly. Um, so it's great quality. It's not expensive. It's got a great profile, and I think it's in the right, right place at the right time now. And, and the chart looks fantastic. So what else do you need? It's a buy from me. Okay. Well, mate, if you're going to have a pet stock, I think you could do far worse than Nick Scarly. So uh, well done. Now, listen, we are at the halfway mark time-wise, but we're not at the halfway mark stock-wise. So gents, let's let's speed through this <laughs> next one up, because otherwise uh, we tend to prejudice the front-loaded stocks here. So uh, Francesco, just uh, quickly, if we can, on uh, Kogan, yeah. Malcolm wants to know, this is a business that divides people, isn't yeah. it? Look, this is another retailer. I mean, right. it gets bunched into tech stock, but it's a retailer. It's a retailer online. at the end of the day. Um, a lot of different products, you know, so it's probably a department store online, if you like, because it's not just, 
you know, your clothing and all that sort of stuff. They've got insurance products. They've got phone energy, plans. phone plans, you yeah. name it. They've got into everything. Um, so there's a lot of different products there. I'm not sure how they go at the back end of managing that, but, you know, there's a lot on offer there, and, you know, that attracts a lot of customers these days. Um, look, it trades on a, a steep multiple over 30 times, which most of your tech, to- tech stocks will do. Um, but again, I would go back to, it's still only a retailer. You know, so if you look, Nick Scarley trades on a very respectable and fairly low PE. Um, this one trades on well over 30 times. So uh, it's got a very low dividend yield also. Um, it probably you know, will and, and will continue to demonstrate more growth than your, your standard retailer. Uh, but is that enough to support that high PE? I, I say, it probably could um, up at these levels. You know, if something goes wrong, the share price can get hit very hard. So similar to, to, to Nick Scarley, uh, not overly negative towards it, but if you've got good profits on it, I'd probably take a bit off the table. A chance that's to take, a short-term look. Yeah. Sure, sure, chance to take some profits. Carl, just quickly on Kogan, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, look, I, I'm a buy on this one. We just, uh, I'm just checking my notes here. 11th of December, we placed our, our last buy note out on this to take advantage of that pullback. It is a little bit more of a leap of faith than, say, Nick Scully. Yes, it is a retailer, but I, I think it's worth the, the leap because this could be the next uh, Australian Amazon. Or I'm not going to say it's, not gonna be, it's never going to be the next Amazon, but it's going to be Australia's version mm-hmm. of Amazon. So, um, look, yes, it's a higher multiple. You're looking at 30s, but for a stock that has um, you know certain parts of the business you know growing you know at 75 you know percent per annum consistently that's why th- those innings are high so as you look one two three years down the track um, if it can sustain the growth and that's the question mark isn't it always if it can sustain the growth then the PE is not 30 it's more like 15 or 12 like uh, Nick mm-hmm. Scully the difference between mm-hmm. Nick Scully and this is Nick Scully's got that PE now right it only has to execute for one year and it's got it this one's going to execute for three or four or five um, but yeah so so uh, the, the, big, the the most exciting part for me is this um, marketplace they have where it's basically like Amazon so um, sellers can go and go in there and put their products on obviously um, Kogan takes a clip of that and they provide the, the back-end services so that's really interesting apart from selling all their their brands and I talked earlier on about what I think is going to happen um, generally for for consumer spending and retail uh, next year and the year after for Nick Scarley to copy and paste those comments here so it's more of a speculative buy it's more of a little bit of a leap of faith but I do think it's worth having some of this in your portfolio because mm-hmm. it could be a five ten bagger sort of thing we all know what Amazon did I'm not saying hey this is going to do what Amazon did but that's the sort of growth you're paying for and that's what you're hoping to get out of it okay geez time flies when you're having fun doesn't it and uh, uh, let's let's do a quick summation of what we have talked about so far We've actually struggled on the program here to get too many uh, thumbs up, but Carl, five from five, mate. In fact, six from six <laughs> if, if we include the uh, stock of the day. So uh, Charter Hall, Phoenix, Jenison, Nick Scarley, Kogan, Carl is, is positive towards all of them. And Francesco too, for the, main, for the most part too. BHP he likes, Charter Hall was a thumbs up. Phoenix was yes, but a, a big asterisk there, a speculative one and only a, a small amount that, that Francesco would, would put in there. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, Jenison, Nick Scarley and Kogan though, that was a no, largely due to uh, valuation reasons. Okay, so I've hinted before that we are running this portfolio, and if you're a regular viewer of the show, you know all about it. So I won't say too much about it other than, wow, it's gone really, really, really well. Uh, we're coming up to the six month mark there and we're well above 20%, which is fantastic. How do we do it? Well, we get two thumbs up, we add it in, we get anything but we take it out. Speaking of that, Charter Hall remains in the portfolio today after uh, Francesco and Carl both gave it a thumbs up today. However, Kogan, which was previously in there, this is on you, Francesco. Ooh. It's been kicked out today because uh, uh, we didn't get that Sorry, Carl, I know you like it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, that's all right. It's all about that's, a diversity. That's why, that's why we do the show. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Here are the last five stocks that have added. Um, I won't go on too much about it other than to say go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and you will see all of the changes that we have made. And as I'm fond of saying, I think it is a great source of our idea generation. If you're wondering and scratching your chin as to what stocks are worth having a closer look at. Right, let's get into the back half of the show and let's talk, Carl, I'll start with you here. Let's talk insurance tech. Paul has written in asking about Phineos. The ticker code there is FCL. What do you think? 
Uh, look, it's a very interesting uh, business, and given we're behind time, I'll keep it brief. Um, as interesting as it is, and I think the revenues are growing, um, I think there's still, it, it's again about getting the right company at the right price. Um, and they're not making money yet, but and, and they're looking to, to do so probably in FY21. Uh, but it, they don't have enough. So I reckon look, they're, they're going to be in a, a one-year forward PE around about 59. That's my own estimates based upon my own research and breaking down what I think they're going to earn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may be different in other newswires. But given the growth rate, I don't think it's going to, it can justify that PE. So it's going to take so much longer if they can continue to grow at that rate than, say, a Kogan to, to justify what you're paying for it. So. I think it's a very interesting business. I think it's um, doing great things, but I can't justify uh, buying it at these levels. And I think the chart kind of reflects that actually. So sometimes you, you get these and then you go, oh, that's what that's why. You know, you look mm-hmm. at the you look at the fundamentals and, you, and then you look at the chart and go, oh, okay, well that makes sense. Makes and sense. the chart's doing exactly exactly what I think on the fun, on the fundamentals. So no, it, I think it, it will be a buy because it's such a good business, but it, it would need to be half the price of where it is to be um, for me to want to do that. Well, there you go, Francesco. Carl likes the business, doesn't like the price. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, but look, Airways have got an accumulator on it, so okay. we've got to buy. So you, you put that down as a buy. Look, it only listed in August 2019. So from a from a listed perspective, it doesn't have a great track record to sort of look back at profitability and things like that. Um, and it's in early stages. Um, it's a billion-dollar market cap, so it's not a small, you know, I didn't realise it was so big. Yeah, yeah it, well, it's a bit over a billion, I think, now. Yeah. Um, look, they've got three parts to their software solution. One is an admin suite. One is um, engaging with their clients. And the other one is more of an anal- analytical tool. So if you look at it from a point of view of an insurance company, um, it, it covers their whole software solution, if you like. But but customers can buy parts of it if they, if they need to. Um, look, they're guiding for about 30% growth, uh, underlying growth in FY21. Um, so look, being at this phase of its development, I think um, yeah, there's some good prospects going forward. Um, the growth has got to come out of their sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they've got good people on the ground, uh, getting the product out there, then um, yeah, we'll see them be very successful and I think the growth will, will continue. One of the things I like about businesses that, that do do a modular offering is, is that the sales guys sort of have to get the foot in the door, so to speak. Provided the profit, but the product, I should say, is good, yes. you often get not necessarily a growth in customer numbers, but a growth in profitability because existing company, customers just take on more of your product. Yeah, that's right. And your cost bases sort of come back a bit as well at yes. the same time. So, yeah. um, look, they're, 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 from our understanding, well, from, from what the analyst is telling us, is they've got a very good coverage of the industry um, and and cover from a from a perspective of the, the, their software needs cover the whole gambit yep. within the business. So so an insurance company doesn't have to necessarily go out and get another software for to do different types of things, if you like. Okay. So let's talk uh, at Thomas. Francesco, I'll stay with you on this one. Uh, AMS is the code. Luke wants to know what uh, he should do here. These guys make video equipment, but it seems to be sort of really focused at YouTubers and influencers and social media yeah. uh, people. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it something that looks interesting? Oh, look, and, and sort of my generation's not sort of up on this sort of stuff um, too, too, uh, too much. But look, if you know, they're covering that sort of um, uh, technological development, um, then I think there's, there's definite growth there for them. Um, our guys do cover this, and they've got a speculative buy on okay. it. Um, it's it's you know we're still in development phases, um, but our analysts expect them to report a profit in in FY22. Um, obviously, no dividends. Um, they do have other markets that they can expand into into in, in entertain, entertainment in in other social uh, environments. So so there's fair bit of scope for expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think their product mix, from what I understand, is, is very good. Again, my generation doesn't quite understand it all, but um, our analysts have covered that pretty well. So I, I think you know, a speculative buy is probably appropriate for it. Okay, Carl, what do you think? Have you got a thousand million followers on YouTube or do you know much about it? Um, I don't think I have any followers on YouTube, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm not big on the social stuff, but no, look, it, it, yeah, you're right, they do. So if you're a, a social media icon, 
and you want to uh, record yourself or what you're doing, it's more somebody else recording what you're doing because it's it's a monitor that incorporates uh, obviously viewing what you're seeing and then the ability to on the fly um, uh, manage the the recording. Um, so and then produce recording. So it's it's look it's a neat little bit of kit that they have. It's not just social media; it's um, the whole sort of video recording industry. Uh, so it's it's probably broader than that. Um, the products You're are right. out there. They, you know they they are selling them. They got really hit pretty hard by COVID um, to the point where you know, but they literally went from uh, hero growth. Um, probably they they might have even made a profit. Um, you know, this year to basically you know, sales were in the toilet and um, they've gone cash flow negative. Uh, but if you look at their, their, you know, according to their quarterly report, um, so July was uh, 50% better than June, August was 60% better than July, and September was 100% better than August. So they, they, they appear to have picked back up. Um, but look, it's great technology. It seems to be um, getting gaining traction. Um, I don't think if, if they can execute its um, overly expensive if they execute compared to say um, the FCL. So I think that there's more in it. So I'm happy to buy it around here, long story short. We have had a buy on it since 82 cents. On the 21st of October, we reiterated a buy on it on the 11th of December. So we're happy to stick with it at this stage. Um, but it is more of a speculative one. I think Francesco mentioned that their analysts have a speculative buy on it. And I think that's exactly my position as well. Well, gents, I can reveal, I didn't want to say it beforehand because uh, it does influence things. It was in the core portfolio. And based on what you gents have said, it's going to stay in the stay portfolio. In the uh, let's move. Uh, Carl, I'm going to stick with you. Ora Cobre, uh, Ben wants to know. It was only a matter of time before we got a lithium miner in the show today. <laughs> and I know we could go right down the rabbit warren on this. But again, just yeah. a quick reminder of time. What, what do you think of Ora Cobre? Okay. Yeah, I think every time I've been on the show, I've had a lithium stock to discuss. Uh, Ora Cobra, it's a little bit of a conundrum. Look, if uh, look, if it's it's a lithium, it's a it's a play on the lithium price. So at the current lithium prices, they're basically breaking even. Maybe there's a, a very small profit on there. Uh, if the prices, you know, um, go back up and 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 order of magnitude, they've about halved over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. So if they went back up to where they were, then they're making some really, really good money. So you need to have a view on the lithium price. I've, I took a look at the, the lithium price chart today, and I've been watching this thing for a while, sort of every time I, I do this show, in fact, because I get asked about a lithium stock, and it's just steadily ticking down. The last couple of times I was on, it started to flatten out, and I thought, oh, okay, here's something. And now I've looked at it, and it's just ticked up. So it actually has a pulse. Mm-hmm. Whether you extrapolate that out to it going back up to where it was, I don't know. And I think that's, you know, long story short, that's what it is. Right now, um, there's not much of a business. If lithium prices go up, you're going to have a business. So, uh, look, I, I, on that basis, it's probably uh, it's too much of a reach for me, I think. And, and look, the chart looks pretty good. So from a technical perspective, it's probably closer to a buy. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think that's what viewers are looking for close. I think they want conviction. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good uh, comment, mate. And look... Uh, some excellent perspective there. Francesca, would you add anything? Oh, only that we, we went to a hold on it just recently okay. um, from, a, from a cell. So right. they upgraded only on the basis of um, what Carl mentioned there was the, the, the lithium price rise. So, you know, I'd say they're probably being a bit kind at a hold as okay. well. Okay. So <laughs> it's not something I would chase. And, and look, that, that share price where it's gone from, you know, well, you see in the chart there in mid-October upwards, mm. um, I think that hold's probably got a bit weaker on it. Yeah, yeah. Some good perspective there. I guess my, my two cents would be, I think what it tends to be when you speak to a lot of um, uh, retail investors, although I hate that term, it, it's this, it's, it's a view of, hey, there's going to be a lot of electric vehicles. They're all going to need lithium. The share yeah. price has been going up. Ergo, I should buy. Yeah. And not that they're a terrible starting point, yeah. but as I think all of us know, you know, it's unfortunately a lot harder than that. And the devil is really in the yeah. detail. So absolutely sensible starting point there, but, but go beyond all of that kind of stuff. Because as the gents have just said, there's a lot of nuance that you do have to appreciate. Not that I'm saying to suggest for a second, Ben, that that's where you're coming from here, but just to put a sort of broader layer over the top of it. You've got to remember that the, the things like lithium and the, the rare earths and all that, it's not that uncommon to find it's not it. Rare. It's it's yeah, it, it's just a matter of being finding the economical uh, amounts and because you know the last 10 years we've only really started looking for these sorts of minerals, 
um, there's not a backlog of you know development projects if you like whereas yeah. iron ore we've been exploring for a long time gold we've been exploring for a long time so you know this is only new um, and they'll catch up yes yeah. Yes, no, excellent points. I could go on, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> we're running out of time. We are, unfortunately. Uh, Carl, let's talk something completely different now in logistics. Uh, Bramble's a company that I think most viewers would be aware of. It's been around forever in a day. Stephen wants to know what he should do with it. I'll make point note of the, the fact that uh, dividends about the same as it was 10 years ago and earnings really <laughs> haven't done much. Is there, any, is there any growth on the horizon for Bramble's? Ah, uh, well, you've just you've just summarised Bramble's go to Francesco. <laughs> Sorry, what is, no, I didn't hear that. I think I think I just stole half of Carl's all of Carl's uh, thunder there. So uh, he, he gave a bit of a sigh. So I think I'm going to put yeah. it down for a no. Look, you're not no, wrong. It, 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 uh, we hold it in portfolios, and it's been a steady. Yeah, as you say, the dividends haven't changed, the earnings haven't changed much. It's been a steady performer. Um, you know what's going to change to give them some growth and obviously they're a, you know a logistics company so moving products around the world and around countries and things like that um, you would think with a lot more online uh, consumerism that, that they would benefit from that but it takes out one leg of actual delivery so they're probably miss, they've missed out over the last five years they've probably missed out on a lot of growth because of that leg um, so, but trying, so just dive into that for me. Well, you when you more. think about when someone manufactures something, it goes from the manufacturer to the wholesaler, from the wholesaler to the retailer. Well, a lot of it's now just going to wholesaler oh, and from warehousing, it's going I'm straight out to you. the, re, to, to the customer. Okay. So uh, some of that extra leg's been disappearing over the last oh, few years. I didn't years. think of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. But, you know, they've made up for it in some of this uh, plastic packaging that the, you know some of the wild call woolies and coals are using to deliver their groceries and that yeah. um, so we, I like the stock personally just from where it sits um, I don't see any real growth in it so unless you know you if you're looking for growth it's not there but I mean if you want something stable um, and fairly defensive then it's it's quite we don't have a recommendation on it because we don't have any coverage okay um, I looked at consensus consensus out there in the marketplace is, is pretty much positive so, okay mm. I'll put you down as I'll put you down as, as, put a me down as I'm, I'm okay with putting it in portfolios Carl you wanted to add something Andrew. Andrew, yeah. So, I mean, look at the chart. I mean, the chart kind of tells you the story. So, there's really not a lot of interest or excitement about the company. I'm not saying it needs to be Oracobra with lithium or uh, electric flat. vehicles and things like that. But whether you're looking at Oracobra and you've got this total addressable market of uh, a million trillion dollars, or if you're looking at Brambles, which is old and boring, you still have to break down the company, look at the numbers and see if there's value there. Um, and I just don't think the value is here. So the, the, the PE, the price to earnings ratio, effectively, you know, your, your payback period is probably double, for example, a Nick Scarly, the dividend yield is probably a half. Uh, Nick Scarly's return on equity is about triple this stock. Uh, its, its, its growth rate is probably about 10 times this stock. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's about doing the best you can with the capital you have and, if, and, and picking. And that forces you to pick stocks. And that's what we're here to do. And I don't think you would pick this over some of the other ones we discussed. And, and the chart is telling you that as well. Neither are the big investors out there. Yeah, I think I think uh, I'm going to agree with you there. There's, there's there's something to be said for picking favourites. You can't do it with your kids, but you can do it with shares. Let's get to the lucky last one well, here. Certain days you can. With so, your kids. Well, that's I, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't admit that on air, but uh, yeah, so there's some truth to that. Let's uh, stay with you, Carl. Let's talk about uh, pure. Foods Tasmania. I hadn't heard of these guys before. PFT is the code. Andrew wants to know. I believe it's all about pate and smoked salmon. Yeah, well, they've got a few other uh, bits and pieces. So um, pre-packed salads, they're, they're bolting on. They're acquiring. Uh, look, it's a company where you look at it and you go, oh, I hadn't heard of this one before. And you look at it and you think, well, Pure Foods Tasmania. I mean, if it's from Tasmania, it's going to be pure, right? I mean, that automatically... <laughs> And you want them to do really well because, you know, it's, it's an Australian brand. Um, but I just don't think there's an investment case here at the moment. Um, they, it, they, they look, they, they are, um, they are, it's very tightly held. The owners, uh, the directors own about 13% of the business. The guy who founded it is one of those. 60% um, export, 40% local sales. Group sales were up 40, 47%. Um, positive EBITDA, they've only just gone positive EBITDA, so that's a good sign, but um, cash flows are lumpy. And it's one of those stocks where there's there's so much that they need to do to get right for it to be investable. 
Um, so I'm going to cut a long story short here. E- even if they execute on on what they what they've said they're going to do for this year, and they get the growth that they've predicted, it's it, you're looking at a PE of about 80. Mm. Um, and because of the risk, and again, you look at Kogan, yeah, it's got a high P, it's 30. Well, okay, but their, their, their execution risk is far lower because they're there and they're doing it. Um, so this one's got a higher PE with higher risks. I can't see the reason why you buy it. I'm sorry, Andre. There you go. That's a no from Carl. Mr. Yes in the first half of the show. Mr. No in the second half of the show. Um, what about you, Francesco? Oh, look, I, I, I'd be in Carl's uh, you know, corner on that one. I, I'd say no. Uh, it's a small company, $48 million market cap. Um, Carl's right, haven't sort of, I can't see any profitability in it at this stage. Um, so, look, their products are probably really good. Um, they're probably pricey products. So, you know, at, at scale level, they're probably going to get good margin, but yep. they're not at scale level yet. So, um, in short, no. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's do a quick summary here. Uh, we got we started off with Phineas Insurance Technology. Some positive things to say. Uh, yes, from Francesco, but Carl a bit worried about the valuation. So that was a no from him. Atomos. This was a, uh, a two thumbs up. It's staying in the portfolio. Uh, video equipment, uh, uh, recording equipment. Expected to be profitable, profitability just on the horizon. So yes, but it is higher risk than than most. We then moved on to Oracobre. We we started to talk about lithium, and we could have easily got sucked into a very very big debate there, but we we were very disciplined. We didn't. Um, we got a uh, a hold from uh, the guys at Audmanet, but uh, Carl was a no at this stage. Brambles, uh, a company that's just really done not much uh, and a really interesting insight in fact from Francesco there he likes it um, Carl doesn't so uh, mixed views there but the gents in agreement when it comes to pure foods Tasmania just a too early stage not profitable enough a small company and some challenges ahead gents that brings us to the end of the program it brings us to the end of 2020 Francesco Thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Hope it's nice to be in the city when there's no one else in here. <laughs> there are advantages, aren't there? Uh, and Carl over in Perth, mate, thank you for everything. And also thanks for you and the guys' support of the Straw Man Challenge this year. I uh, hope you have a good Christmas. No, absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Ausbiz, more generally. We've had a fantastic year partnering with you guys. Um, yeah, have a safe and happy Christmas and New Year. We'll catch you on the other side. There you go. So uh, two of the call's finest. Uh, Remember, too, that although we are done for the year, we are going to be back uh, in full strength next year. I believe it's the 4th of January we we come back. Uh, And we can't do the show without you. So firstly, thanks to all of our viewers as well for sending us in some great stock ideas. You probably make it too interesting, which is why I, I struggle so often to stick to time. But please continue to send in those stock ideas. You can email it or you can uh, tweet uh, at us as well. And uh, Gotham, our producer here, will summarize all of that for us and make sure that we do get to chat about them. And while I'm speaking of Gotham as well, uh, big thank you to him for just does so much behind the scenes. And the poor guy really struggles to keep me on time, but he does a pretty good job uh, of that. Um, listen, that is the show for the year. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with The Pulse in just a moment.